Welcome back to the Go to Go podcast, man. Episode 70, week 16 of the NFL season right upon us. Down to the last three games of the regular season playoff. Uh, implications, I mean, they're heavy at this point. Every game obviously matters in the hunt. We'll see. Last three weeks of the season. This episode, we got another segment, Hot or Not. Pick'ems, of course, for week 16. We'll start with Hot or Not, but before we jump into it, it's now a four-game lead for you in the Pick'ems. I'm sitting at 133 and 89. You're sitting at 137 and 85 on the year. So I'm just happy with being way better than last year at this point. Uh, in regards to me and you record-wise. But jumping into these hotter knots, man, why don't you go ahead and get us started this week? All right. First one I got for you is hot or not. This version of Lamar Jackson is better than his MVP season. I will say that is not a hot take. And, you know, you look at the numbers, maybe not. But it's because Lamar started off slow. New system, getting adjusted into the system and being, you know, a little bit different of a player, still mobile. But you've been seeing him sit in that pocket and really sling the football. I will say it's the best version of him because now he's a little bit more protected. You see him, you know, just as a pure pocket passer. We know Lamar can scramble. We know he could throw. But his biggest threat's always with his legs. And you still have to watch out for that this season. But now he's been able to put the ball you know, in tight windows, uh, great throws on the money. He's leading receivers. You've seen all these great things as a pocket quarterback from Lamar Jackson. And it took him a few weeks in the season to get it started. Maybe, what was it, four or five before he really got it going early on in the year. So he might not win MVP. He's up in the conversation, especially now after Dak's performance this week. MVP race is wide open. It depends. Do they want to go QB, running back? That's a whole nother discussion. Regardless of the fact, I think Lamar is having one of his best seasons. Uh, he's leading this Ravens team right now, the number one seed in the AFC. He's trying to clinch it this weekend. First team to clinch a playoff berth this year in the AFC. So hats off to Lamar. New system. Just took him a little time to get adjusted. All right, and then sticking with the MVP talk, hot or not, Tyreek Hill and Christian McCaffrey are the MVP of their respective teams. That's not a hot take. I mean, look at CMC. What was it three touchdowns last week? He's just he's a different monster. I think there's only been one game where he hasn't scored a touchdown, maybe two this year. Uh, you know, pass catching, running, he does it all. And then you look at Tyreek Hill. What he's done to be on a historic pace might not break the receiving record regardless. He's up there with one of the greatest seasons uh, when it comes to yardage in a receiver of all time. Comparable to the Cooper Cup year where he was the clear-cut number one. You saw, you know, in the Titans game Monday night two weeks ago when Tyreek went out, Dolphins offense really struggled. You didn't see it this week without Tyreek Hill on the field, but... I mean, Tyreek's been a huge addition in Miami. You saw what he was able to do with Pat Mahomes. He's doing it again in Miami with, you know, who people think Tua might not be a real quarterback. Tyreek made him. 
Mahomes was hooking up with Tyreek Hill. Things were great in Kansas City. Can't say the same for their current receiving core. I bet they want Tyreek Hill back. So, I mean, both those guys uh, single-handedly might have, you know, one of the best seasons at their respective position all in the same season. Tyreek, you know, obviously with the receiving record. And then CMC, he's tied with Mostert for the touchdown uh, league lead. And then you just look at what he does, you know, not only rushing but receiving as well. Both those guys, I mean, hats off to Brock Purdy. You know, he's up in that MVP conversation. But to say CMC's not the true leader and most valuable player for that team, it it would be a stretch. Even if Purdy was, you know, Patrick Mahomes right now, mm. CMC's that guy. And he's really elevated this team to another level. I mean, even if you go back to, to last year when he was, you know, on the Panthers before he got traded – and how that offense opened up for the receivers as well. Now you're stacking the box. You're worried about CMC. It opens it up for everyone else on the team. I know they had decent running backs, but he elevates it to another level. Uh, one of the best, you know, of this generation easily. Those are only two I have. Those are my two. All right, man. Well, I had a questionable one up on mine for the hotter nine. It was CMC MVP. Uh, I'm not going to go ahead and get that, but. I got two other ones. Hot or not, nobody wants to see the Buffalo Bills in the playoffs. Mm, that's a good one. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say that's a hot take. Now, I wouldn't say no one wants to see them, but if they end up do making the playoffs, because right now I still believe they're only like the ninth seed in the AFC, so they're still not technically in the playoffs if it was to start today, but. You know, if things continue to go the way they are, ever since that Philadelphia loss, the Bills and that bye week, literally everything has gone the Bills' way. They've won all their games, and then all the teams they needed to lose, things to shake out. Miami lost, Kansas City lost, a couple teams, you know, dropping some games. So that's definitely helping Buffalo. But if you just go back and look at that game they had against Dallas, who was arguably the best offense, the most explosive offense, putting up all those points, and they literally just shut them down to basically three points the entire game. They had a garbage time touchdown at the end. But regardless, the way this Buffalo Bills team was playing and really featuring James Cook, not putting all the pressure, all the load on Josh Allen, and he only threw the ball like 11 or 15 times or something crazy like that for like 100 yards, 90 yards, something like that. Nothing crazy at all, nothing to Josh Allen's capability. But it still shows that, you know, they're able to win without having – all the pressure on Josh Allen, which makes that team even scarier because if teams do shut down the run, then you have a quarterback with the talent and the capability like Josh Allen, who we always talk about, you know, one of the biggest arms in the league, can make every throw on the field, you know, a true gunslinger. So I definitely think they're a scary team if they make it into the wild card. Now, to say nobody wants to see them, I don't know because, I mean, even if it's on the road, if they happen to match up against Kansas City, we know how – you know, Buffalo and KC always goes down in the playoffs. You know, the way um Lamar, like you just touched on, and those Ravens are playing right now, even the Dolphins where, you know, we'll see them play later on this season, it's going to be tough. So, I mean, those are three teams that I wouldn't say would be not want to see them. I think the Bills could give them a run for their money, but three teams right now that might be favored over the Bills if they were to play in the playoffs, but... I do think the Bills, if they happen to sneak in and make that wild card team, they're definitely a dangerous team. Now, I want to say, 
you know, completely scared, but I definitely think they could make some noise and be a dangerous team. And, you know, I think it really matters their seeding in the playoffs. You know, if they're the team on the road, a little less scary. If they're at home, Buffalo, Northern New York, tough place to play. Uh, late in the year, December, it will be January playoff could, time. So wait, they still could win the AFC East, right? Yeah, they could. I think what is, Miami has to, like lose out or something like that. So I think the Bills would hold the tiebreaker if the Dolphins lost to the Bills. So the Dolphins would technically need to drop two games. The Bills went out, and then mm. the Bills would have the tiebreaker. Yeah. But if the Dolphins just get, I believe, what two wins, I think they're. They're fine, but they got the Cowboys, the Ravens, and then the Bills. Tough three-game stretch for the Finns to finish finish off this season. So, we'll see. Next one up I got for you. Hot or not, the Kansas City Chiefs should just cut ties with Kadarius Tony. <laughs> just, like, just release him right now? Yeah, just, just cut him before the season ends. You know what, bro? Why not, bro? Like, that's not a hot take. Like, at this point, how much worse can it get? Like, I mean, it, it literally started in week one when he had that drop against the Lions. And then I, it just feels like in every single big moment, it's just always Kadarius Tony. Now, MBS had the big drop against uh, the Eagles that was, you know, glorified, and everyone talked about that one. But, yeah, Kadarius Tony last week against the Patriots had a – Another, you know, not sure if it was a drop, miscommunication, just not on the same page. Regardless, hit his hands into an interception. And it always seems like whenever he drops or misses the ball, it's always an interception, which is just even worse. Like, it's not just like a drop and it falls down. It's like a drop <laughs> and a pick. But, yeah, man, the Chiefs' pass catches are definitely, definitely in a tough spot right now. And, I mean, all teams are doing are just sending two guys at Travis Kelsey and saying, hey, like, one of your receivers has got to beat us one-on-one. One of them has to make a big catch. And so far, they haven't really been able to do it. Now, Rasheed Rice has been, you know, elevating and kind of stepping up and taking a role at, as that number one. But he's still a rookie. I think he was a second or third round pick. So he's still young, still learning, still has a way to go. But, I mean, it, it's tough right now in terms of pass catches in Kansas City. So, I mean, if like the Chiefs came out tomorrow and said they cut Kadarius Tony, like – I don't think anyone would be shocked or surprised now. It won't happen, but, I mean, why not? Like, just can't literally can't get any worse. I mean, you said it right on the – it's not like it's just a drop. It's it's a drop. Tip it up for a pick to and the other team. not even to mention like, the lining up off sides, like yeah. the mental errors and stuff like that. That was a big one as well. So, yeah. Like, drops, they happen. Like, mm-hmm. everyone drops the ball. But, like, I mean, the, the mental mistakes, the stuff you can't control, that's what is the killer. Offsides on a game-winning touchdown. I mean. That yeah, he's ended up scoring. Like Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's the craziest part. He went from the high of, you know, waltzing into the end zone, just the yeah. all-time low. You getting called offsides. Well, that's all the hot or not I have for you this week, man. We're going to jump into our week 16 pickums. First game up, Thursday night football. Saints go on the road to SoFi to play the Rams. Who you got there? Uh, I like the Rams. The Rams have, you know, sneakily been one of the better teams. I think last week they came out, beat the Rams, had a nice little win. But Matthew Stafford, those receivers, they're definitely starting to get their connection going. We always, you know, talk about Kyron Williams. He's back healthy. So that offense is humming, and they're moving the ball pretty effectively. I think they have a wild card spot right now. So 
the Rams are a team that's kind of, you know, getting hot at the right moment. And then the Saints, yeah, they just beat up on the Giants. But at this point, I mean, we always <laughs> talk about the Saints and make fun of them. So there's really not much else to say. Offensively, I mean, it, not too sure what they got going on. Their defense is solid. But I like this Rams team. They're going to be, you know, trying to continue to ride high, continue to look feisty going into that wild card. So I think the Rams get a, get a solid win here. I'm right with you. I've been saying it, you know, since Stafford came back. That Stafford Cup Puka connection that it got going on. I mean, that one-two punch right there. You had Kyron Williams into the mix, who's uh, come onto the scene as a top five running back this season when he's been on the field. He's been that guy for the Rams. So you had those three guys on offense. The defense just holds up. And like you said, they're playing the Saints offensively, kind of know what they are. They struggle. So it shouldn't be like the Saints putting up 33 points in a football game. I, I got the Rams because I know Matt Stafford could go out and score, uh, especially with his weapons around him. Saints defense has been solid this year. They've been good, but I just don't think it's going to be enough to overpower that Rams offense while the Saints offense is able to put up points. So give me the Rams at home Thursday night football. It's going to lead us to Saturday Uh Christmas Eve Eve football, Bengals Steelers four thirty in Pittsburgh divisional matchup. Who you got here? Um, in Pittsburgh it's tough, but I think the Bengals win this game. Now, Kenny Pickett is he gonna play? Not sure. Regardless, I mean, we always do this. Like sometimes it's just as simple as looking at the QBs, man. Like Jake Browning, uh, he's been balling out. Had a nice comeback win against the Vikings last Saturday. So I, I like what the Bengals got going on. Now, Jamar Chase is a little bit banged up, but T. Higgins, ridiculous catch, descended into OT. Mitchell Trubisky, on the other hand, with the Steelers, I mean, this just kind of shows you where both of these teams are because, you know, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, with Jake Browning back there, all those guys still buying in, still playing. And then on the other side, you got Mitchell Trubisky throwing in. George Pickens is just literally like walking on the field. So kind of show you where these two teams are at with backup quarterbacks at this point in the season. One team is still locked in, playing for something, while the other team is just completely giving up hope. Now you got Steelers fans calling for Mike Tomlin's job, which, I mean, as long as I've been following football and I've been alive, that's just been, you know, unheard of. So. <laughs> Weird times right now for um, Steelers fans. You got Big Ben throwing shots at the organization at this point in his career, it's, which is pretty much like pretty funny. But regardless, the Steelers are definitely definitely need to like look in the mirror, figure out what's going on in house, find a quarterback, and they'll be okay. Whereas you know the Bengals, Jake Browning is looking like Joe Burrow out there, man. So give me the Bengals. What Big Ben said. I forgot. I don't know what he said. I saw something. He was like talking about um, Mike Tomlin and the Steelers, like how like they're not winning or the offense isn't as good or something like that. I'm not sure. It, I mean, I'm not blocked in on what Big Ben's talking about at this point, you know, in his career and his life. But yeah, I think the, I think the Bengals continue to roll offensively, continue to run the ball. They've been running the ball pretty well, also, and the defense has been solid. So I think I think the Bengals get a win. Maybe the tradition of Pittsburgh Steelers football is done. Well, I don't know if it's, you know, he's the right guy to be, 
making comments about tradition. Yeah, and, and if you want to talk about the tradition mm-hmm. being done, it was his last year when he was a starting quarterback when everyone knew like Big Ben was cooking, couldn't throw the ball and five, more than five yards. There. Yeah, and Najee Harris had all those catches on checkdown. <laughs> hey man, they made it to the playoffs. They, they were like what ten and zero. Yeah, and then you saw what the Chiefs did. Chiefs. Yeah, um, the, uh, the they're playoffs. the first. No, it was the Browns, bro. But I, I'll let you. It was no, the Browns. Didn't they? That was the year before. No, that was his last season. That was him and Mike Pouncey's last season. Pretty sure. So the Chiefs beat him that the year before. Cause I remember it was a wild card game. The Chiefs beat Steelers, bro. I don't know, but it was, maybe it, was, it wasn't the playoffs. Yeah, I I don't know, but I I know, cause it was the COVID year. Hold on. It was. I mean, I remember last time. By the way, Jarvis Landry free agent visit with the Colts. Yeah, wild card weekend in twenty two. They beat them forty two twenty one. The Kansas City Chiefs beat the Steelers. Yeah, this was after the COVID year. Yeah. So, so the Browns, Browns did that the year before. Yeah. And then the next and year. And Big Ben was still washed then. Oh well, yeah, that was the, <laughs> that was that was the start. The start of his downfall. Yeah. I, and then KC, I, yeah, KC put 42 up on him. I, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're waltzing Big Ben into a playoff game. No comment on that. But Bengals Steelers, I honestly think the Bengals are going to win. Me just being a pure hater of anybody creeping up on the Browns, I'm going to pick the Steelers. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I don't got nothing good to say about the Steelers. Jake Brown and Ben Ballin. T. Higgins step up big time last week. You know, contract year. He wants to finish off strong, maybe playoff run from him, look good, get him a bag in the offseason, whatnot. But yeah, Steelers are abysmal, uh, to say the least. And yeah, just you mentioned George Pickens walking, Deontay Johnson's not happy. I mean, Mika Fitzpatrick's, he got comments. Yeah, I've seen that, yeah. And, and that should be the last guy to ever comment on anything. Because. <laughs> They might trade him, and it might be a revival in Pittsburgh in years to come. Hence what he did for the Dolphins. So, next game up, the NFL probably thought it would be a lights-out Saturday night football game. Buffalo Bills go to SoFi to play the Los Angeles Chargers. Who's your pick? Uh, I'm just going to keep this simple, and then I'm going to bring up you know something. I'm picking the Bills, but I think we should – you know. After this week, what the Chargers did against the Raiders, like, I think we should have, like, a pact or whatever. Like, until next season, like, let's just, like, not mention the Chargers at all. Like, the Raiders literally scored zero points at home against this against the Vikings team. And then the next week, they come and get 63 points on the Chargers. Like, that, like, I mean, the only good thing that came out of this game for the Chargers is Staley is gone. That's as much as I'm going to say on the Chargers at this point. I like the Bills to win. Yeah, I like the Bills here as well for obvious reasons. But before, you know, we end the Chargers talk because I'm so down with that. <laughs> yeah, write the Chargers you, off at this point. You, you being a Justin Herbert stand all year, you know, I know it might now, not if be he was still, fault, If he was still playing, we, yeah, I'd still be talking. But, he, I mean, he's out for the season. Uh, like, even if more he still was playing, there's no reason to talk about these Chargers. If he was still playing, they wouldn't have – 63 points now i don't know what the chargers were doing at the end of that game when easton stick through that screen and somehow i don't even know who the db was it was on um, what's his name from the patriots jack jones they got uh, cut. Jack jones? picked him up yeah 
Well, you know if anyone got oh, personality yeah. issues, yeah. <laughs> He's, Raiders going to pick him up, man. <laughs> uh, so I guess he could still ball, man, but maybe not walk through an airport trying to get your straps through and everything. Yeah, give me the bills. I like Easton Stick is his name, but that's about Easton it. Easton Stick, yeah, from the uh, North Dakota State University <laughs> quarterback powerhouse. NDSU. Shout, no, out, was, Bi- NDST. shout out the Bison. Yeah. I think I'll, it is NDSU. I don't know. Carson Wentz, Trey Lance, now Easton Stick. Big <laughs> Next game up, man. Sunday football, Christmas Eve football. Colts travel to Atlanta and play the Falcons. And I was going to hand this off to you, but I think the Falcons deserve the category of not being discussed at yeah, all the rest if of the I was going to say, they're approaching that Chargers territory. But I'm down. <laughs> just give me the Colts. You lose to the Panthers 9-7. to seven. In a rainy football game, just give me the Colts. Yeah, I, yeah. The Falcons are definitely approaching um, Chargers territory, which is even worse because they have their starting quarterback, who has been there, you know, so far this entire season, Desmond Ritter. It's just not looking good right now for Falcons fans. That organization, Bryce Young, with you know, as a as much of a clinic as Bryce Young can have on the Panthers. To go down that game-winning drive, get the game-winning field goal. So, you know, kudos to Bryce Young and him getting the second win. But, yeah, I mean, give me the Colts. Minshew Mania. Yeah, Minshew Mania. Um, it's funny. The three wild-card teams in the AFC all backup quarterbacks at this point if the playoffs were to start today. So, you said it a few weeks ago. It was the year of the backup. and I mean, it's looking like it right now. Minshew Mania. Free young ho. Or Young Waiku, whatever you pronounce it. <laughs> you know it's Young Ho Ku on this side. So, Young Wei, he free him, bro. Most accurate kicker, and he's sitting here kicking the Falcons. Um, who also the Chargers did cut. So he went. He yeah. went from poverty to poverty. Yeah. Next game up, man. Seattle Seahawks red hot win on Monday Night Football. Travel to Tennessee. And play the Will Levis Hot Titans. Who you got? Um, I'm gonna take the Seahawks. Now I don't know how hot the Will Levis Titans are after coming off of a loss to the Case Keenum Texans, but um, I think Will Levis got a little banged up too. So hopefully he's good to go <laughs> in that game. That, did you see that hit? It was pretty. Yeah, yeah dude. Pretty I, gnarly. They didn't show it back, bro. But I rewinded it. <laughs> yeah, I I saw the clip. It was it was pretty bad. So hopefully he's good and he's able to play to make it, you know, a more competitive game. But Seahawks, like you mentioned, rolling red hot. Biggest win of the season so far for them, I guess. But, yeah, I mean, Drew Locke or Geno. Geno might be back next week. It was kind of a game-time decision this week to see if Geno is going to be ready. So another week should definitely help. Defensively, I think the Seahawks still have some question marks, but they looked a lot better on Monday. Offensively, if Geno's back there, they get those pass catchers involved. They got playmakers on the outside with JSN, DK, and then you sprinkle in Lockett as well. Kenneth Walker, strong, strong running back. So I like what the Seahawks have to offer. Offensively, I think they can still be, you know, a competitive team, still playing for, you know, playoff spot, wild card appearance at this point. So uh, I like the Seahawks here. Yeah, I just didn't highlight uh, the Texans. Titans game, so I thought the Titans won uh, in our previous week. That was my mistake, yeah. 
So here, I mean, Seahawks, you said Geno Smith. We don't know if he's going. I'm rocking with Drew Locke, man. Go ahead and put that put that thing on, man. Whatever he does is a little celebration. He had them boys lit in Seattle. You know, Geno, amazing year last year. Up and downs have definitely been going on this year. Maybe, maybe it's time, you know, see Drew Locke, see what happens. I mean, he was active. Didn't know if he was exactly going to play or not. Ended up not playing. We'll see, man. I think there's a real decision for Pete Carroll, at least for this week. Maybe you want to see how Drew Locke does uh, another week after this start. Maybe it's something they want to go to. Is Drew Locke the future as well? I don't I don't know if you want to kind of find that out this late in the season, trying to make a playoff push. But yeah, definitely not. <laughs> at, he played, you know, pretty decent game. I know the Eagles secondary. I'm sure you're going to I get mean, into he, it. but He didn't really do anything all game. He just had the drive of his life, that last drive. Now, I would like to see more from Drew Locke before we, you know, hand him over the franchise, but... I'm not think, saying hand it over yet. That's what I'm saying. We got to get him yeah. another week out there. I, I think right now, if Geno Smith is healthy, you clearly go to Geno Smith. But maybe in the offseason, you let Drew Locke kind of compete and maybe. But, I mean, you just give, gave Geno that extension. So he's there on the books for at least another year before you get away out of that contract, I think, in two years. But, yeah, I think right now you definitely rock with Geno. But, yeah, Seahawks confirmed on the road. Against the Titans. Next game up, Lions travel to Minnesota. NFC North matchup to play the Vikings. Who's your pick? Uh, I like Detroit. And if Detroit is able to, you know, score score early, get a couple big plays, the Detroit Lions are like one of the best teams in the league when they're playing with the lead. They can just, you know, sit back, hand the ball out to Jameer Gibbs, who's, you know, really come on, been super explosive in Montgomery and just, you know, pound that rock and – Make it easier for Jared Goff and kind of let him be, you know, that game manager like Cam Newton said. But regardless, I mean, we talk about, you know, how explosive this Lions offense can be. Sam Laporta just continuing to be, you know, a reliable pass catcher. Amon Ra, Jamison Williams, those guys coming along. Jamison Williams stepping up last game had a, you know, I think he had his most targets so far in his career. But regardless, Vikings, Nick Mullins, not really much there. Justin Jefferson, he's been solid. But overall, I think this Lions team is just better now. Their defense is a little suspect like we talked about. So could be some opportunities there down the field for Justin Jefferson. Will he be able to connect with Nick Mullins? That's, you know, yet to be discovered. But I just think the Lions are, you know, they're a better team. It's going to be in that dome in Minnesota. So, you know, don't got to worry about Jared Goff going off the rails. So give me Detroit. Yeah, you basically said it with the Nick Mullins comment. You know, if the pasture not was in, it might be a different story at this point, but they benched <laughs> that the boy. Worst. Huh? <laughs> yeah, it might be a different story for the worst. I don't know. Uh, I don't know, man. Well, I, I, don't, I don't know if there's much difference between Mullins and, and Josh Dobbs, but. That is very true. Uh, I mean, Jared Goff, what do you have, five touchdowns last week. Amiral went crazy. Sam Laporta, one of the best tight ends in the league as a rookie. You mentioned the Gibbs, the Montgomery duo. They got it going, rolling in in Detroit, especially in a dome to where, you know, their defense isn't just getting, you know, massacred on the field. (laughs) If they avoid that, an early Nick Mullins, you know, 21-0 lead, I think they go ahead and win this game. So give me the Lions. 
It's going to lead us to uh, the Washington Commanders going to MetLife and play the Jets. Who you got? Uh, two other teams that are approaching Chargers territory. Uh, this game is literally a coin flip. Not really much else to say. I just looked and saw you pick the Commanders. So I was like, all right, cool. I'll pick the Jets. Uh, this is not going to be a, a – shouldn't be a good football game. Uh, the only good thing I think that has going to come out of this game is, you know, Aaron Rodgers is finally done teasing us with he, he's going to come back, he's going to play. I think he said today that, you know, he's three to four weeks away from being fully healthy and fully ready to go. So pretty much wraps that up for the Jets talk with Aaron Rodgers coming back. So, uh, yeah, uh, Jets commanders, like, I don't even think either one of their fan bases want like likes their team at this point. So, yeah, I mean – I'll take the Jets out home, but that's really not saying much. I don't think they are approaching Chargers-Falcons territory just because of the fact that I kind of, you know, Aaron Rodgers went down. We knew the Jets weren't going to be good. The Commanders, no one really had high hopes for him. Well, I just meant approaching that territory in terms of we don't really got to talk about him anymore. Yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with that, but I I think the Chargers and Falcons deserve their own, you know, (laughs) their own category. For what they are. But give me the commanders, Sam Howell. Just let him sling it. He's going to throw the ball 40 times. The Jets might probably pick him off twice. But I don't think they'll score after those interceptions. So give me the commanders <laughs> on the road. Not much needs to be said. Next game up, man. Green Bay Packers. They travel to 40 Cent Land in the Carolina Panthers <laughs> uh, stadium. I don't even know what it's called. Who you got? This is a game that low-key could shape up to be a decent one. You know, the Panthers come off of a big win last week. They're hot. They're hot. Listen, can, you know, Bryce Young string together his first back-to-back wins in his career. Whereas the Packers, they're cold, you know. Offensively, they've been looking pretty good. Jordan Love has been playing some solid football. The pass catchers have been decent. A lot has been all right. But it's just defensively. I mean, I saw a stat. It's like... Uh, the only two players to ever have a perfect QBR or perfect um, passer rating in Lambeau Field was Aaron Rodgers and Baker Mayfield <laughs> last week. So, yeah, giving up perfect QBRs to um, Baker Mayfield is not a recipe for success in 2023. So maybe we see, you know, Bryce Young get a little confidence against this banged-up Packers defense. So I think it'll be fun. Maybe Bryce Young has his best game of his career, but ultimately I think this offense for the Packers, Jordan Love, will be just a little too good, and I think he'll outduel Bryce Young on the road. Yeah, I mean, I saw a comment the Packers were running man in the, I believe, the the Vikings game during that last drive. Maybe it was the Bucks game. They were running man, and they decided to play back they they basically said, yeah, we shouldn't be playing man and back. I'm not sure the defensive coordinator in Green Bay's name, but Joe Barry. Yeah, <laughs> they were coming for his head. I so when that comes out of your own organization, this is not good news. I did tell Big Max I'd pick against the Packers the rest of the year this year because when I have picked them, they've lost. But I just I couldn't bear to take the Panthers at this point. The Packers' defense been suspect. Baker Mayfield, perfect QBR in Lambeau. The time before that when he was there, uh, he ruined Christmas for me. So I just <laughs> want to say the world comes at you a full, you know, 180, whatever it is. Tides turned. 
not the same Packers defense. That's what I'm going to go with at this point. Give me the pack on the road. That offense is look good uh, between Reed Dobbs, Christian Watson. He sh- might be back this week as well. They got weapons. Aaron Jones, he's back. He's healthy. A.J. Dillon finally looks like a capable running back. Been saying that for a little <laughs> couple weeks now, so it's looking solid for A.J. Dillon. Give me the pack. Just Unless Bryce Young puts on that clinic you were talking about. Pack <laughs> should have that one. It's going to lead us to our next game. Joe Cool and the Cleveland Browns, man. They travel to Houston to play the Texans. Who you got in this one? Um, well, you know I was looking to find a way to pick against the Browns. I, of but, course uh, I know. I, I think the Browns – I like the Browns here in this matchup. Texans, C.J. Stroud coming off a of concussion protocol. Not sure if he'll be cleared. Ho- you know, it's been a week, so hopefully he's able to play to make this a more competitive game. But that Texans team has been really banged up. Uh, Tank Dell, he's out for this season, who's been, you know, a really, really big part of that offense. You know, kind of the field stretcher, the deep threat. Nico Collins has been banged up a little bit. They've been dealing with some injuries on that team. But regardless, the Browns are literally, they're just finding ways to win. Like, they're not playing good football in the beginning of the game, certain parts of the game. But, I mean, when it matters the most, when they got to have it, Joe Flacco's turning back the clock to, you know, 2011, and David Njoku is looking like he's back down in Miami. So, I mean, when it matters the most, these guys are making plays. Miles Garrett continuing to ball out. He's, I'm not saying running away with the lock for DPOI, but he just looks super explosive on that field, and that Browns defense is, you know, still one of the, still one of the best in the league. So I'm going to pick the Browns here on the road. Well, I will be the one to say he should be running away with DPOI, but knowing the NFL – Probably won't give it to him because he deserves it. But the Browns, I mean, Joe Flacco, he really, you know, the whole whole roller coaster of emotions. He did lead that game-winning drive. Uh, but being a Browns fan now and not having watched Joe Flacco, you know, really dice up an NFL team in some years. But he did it to, you know, the Browns plenty of times. I saw it. But you know he's going to go out there. He's going to try to fit in those tight windows and you even saw it on the last drive with touchdown to Cooper. I mean, that was a tight window. This time he fitted in right through the defender. And it was maybe three or four times during that game where he was able to rip it in and in between some tight windows and get it past the defenders. So that's also what led to, you know, three picks. One of them miscommunication. Uh, that one in the red zone after the turnover, after the muff punt, was it was bad. I mean... It, the corner made a great play jumping off into the seam on Njoku, but he threw it behind Njoku, back shoulder, kind of gave him that little extra edge to go out uh, and make that play on the ball. But defense, MG, he's been balling out. Dalvin Tomlinson, absolute dog on the inside. Linebackers, JOK, he's been nice. And the DBs on the outside, Denzel Ward, finally healthy. He was out there locking up last week. And Martin Emerson having a quiet, great year. And, and Greg Newsom in the slot. I mean, finally, this Browns defense seems to be getting a little bit healthier for having, I believe, 23% of their team on season-ending IR. So, <laughs> you know, a team has dealt with a lot. You said it. They don't play good games. They just find ways to win. And before in Cleveland, those were games they would find ways to lose. So, nice to be on the other end of the stick. I got them on the road. In a game where, you know, they really need a win to try to clinch a playoff berth. It's it's a big one against the Texans for Cleveland. 
It's going to lead us to the next game, man. What, who I think is the fraudulent Jags. They travel to Tampa <laughs> Bay to play perfect QBR Baker Mayfield. Who's your pick? I think this will be a very competitive game. And I think, you know, the Jags are at this point closer to the Bucks than they are to, you know, those top teams in the AFC. But, I mean, if the Jags have any life, if they have any hope, if Trevor Lawrence is, you know, going to be, you know, remotely close to, you know, top top quarterback, you know, that franchise guy, then they got to win games like this. I mean, against the Bucks, this Jags team, Trevor Lawrence, you know, this past week against the Ravens, didn't look the best. A lot of questionable plays, just can't really hold on to the ball. Not really sure what was going on there before halftime as well. But, I mean, this Jags team has just got to find a way. Defensively, they got to step up. Now, you know, the Bucks, like you mentioned, Baker Mayfield, I mean, you saw him in Cleveland. He'll, he's not afraid to sling the ball. He definitely throws the ball. When you got, you know, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans on the outside, those are two really solid targets, two guys that are going to find ways to get open. So it makes Baker's job a lot easier. So I think this will be a competitive game, maybe, you know, a little high scoring back and forth. But I, at this point, I'm just holding on to any Trevor Lawrence and Jags belief. I still have, and I'm going to say they beat the Bucks. If they lose this game, then, you know, I, I might officially be done or out on the Jags. But I, I still believe them. I still like them. Trevor Lawrence still, you know, clearly misses Christian Kirk. But regardless, I think the Jags have enough and should just slightly edge out, I believe, the division leader Bucks right now. Yeah, division leader Bucks is correct. And I think I'm off the train, at least for this season. I don't know what's wrong with the Jags. Maybe they're just cursed as a franchise. Yeah, and Trevor Lawrence still a little banged up with that ankle injury a couple weeks ago. That too, but, you know, you said I watched Baker Mayfield plenty of my times, plenty of times in my life. And when he gets hot, he he gets a little streak going. And right now, I mean, the Bucs are looking pretty decently hot. I mean, you know, they're getting wins in the NFC South, trying to clinch a playoff berth. They're in the right direction right now, and Jags, they're going in the wrong direction. You mentioned the clock management end of the first half was abysmal, to say the least, and it just doesn't look good in Jacksonville. They're almost wanting to throw the AFC South away, and I said it the whole year, you know, if the Jags want to prove they're contenders this game, this game, this game, I've said it too many times already. Mike Evans in Tampa Bay. The cannon's going to be shooting uh, Raymond James. Give me the bucks. It's going to lead us to the next game. It's, I believe this is the 4 o'clock window. Cardinals travel to Chicago and play the Bears. Who you got? Um, I'm going to pick the Bears here in Chicago. I was, this is another coin flip game for me. I could easily see you know, Kyler Murray and the Cardinals pulling this one off, and they were competitive. This past week against the 49ers for most of the game until it got a little out of hand there at the end. But the Bears is tough, man. They were up big on the Browns. They had a lead and then just slowly, slowly towards that fourth quarter, towards the end of the game, they just, you know, play calling, decision making, you know, going forward on fourth down, not getting it, putting the ball into, you know, rookie receivers' hands who haven't really done anything all game. Decision making, drop passes. Like, it, it was all there. This is, like, a classic Justin Fields game. Like, you have, like, the one big play where he's scrambling, breaks a Miles Garrett sack, and, you know, throws a laser. Tunyon. Yeah, throws a laser to the side of the end zone, and then you got, you know, Fields dropping back, throwing a beautiful pass, and Tunyon just literally just 
dropping it. Like, it wasn't, like, a drop. It was just, like, a bobble. Like, he caught it and then dropped it. Like, those are even worse. But, yeah, this um Bears defense has really stepped up. Montez Sweat, we talked about, you know, not really too sure what it does for this organization. <laughs> Still not too sure what it does for this organization at this point. But he's been playing really good. Saw a stat saying that he's leading two teams in sacks right now, which is pretty insane. He's still the sack leader for the Commanders, and then he's the sack leader now for the Bears in just a couple of weeks since he got there. How many sacks did he have? I think he had six and a half on the Commanders, and now he has six ever since he's been in Chicago. Uh, I was about to say, because I think, you sure it's six and maybe, but he had two on Sunday, but I'll check. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm, well, I know I saw that he leads both teams in sacks. I believe that. Well, the numbers, I'm not too sure. But yeah, Montez has definitely been balling. That Bears defense is, you know, stepped up a little bit. That definitely helps when you have a power stretcher going off like that. So I'm going to take the Bears here at home. Like we mentioned last week, Justin Fields right now, you know, playing for a job. If not in Chicago, maybe somewhere else. But, you know, he's playing to keep that you know, quarterback starting position in the NFL somewhere. So, I'm going to take the Bears. Well, he might be the leader. He has six and a half sacks on the season. So, for someone, I mean, uh, that's just not adding up. But No, I think he had six and a half at Washington and then six mm-hmm. in Chicago. That could be it. He had two and a half on Sunday. Not two, but, I mean, that's still, that's got to be the most Bears <laughs> – uh, commander stat line of all time. Um, what was that? Cardinals, Bears. Yeah, give me the Bears. I mean, they're Darnell Mooney bobble away from catching the Hail Mary. Yeah. Or Robert Tunyon. These are commanders and Bears. Yeah, six sacks on the Bears, six and a half in yeah. Washington. Okay, yeah, it made sense. Uh, regardless of the fact. Uh, I, I can't even say Robert Tunyon. He just he he is the worst uh, Browns covered linebacker one on one on a deep ball, and Sion Taki Taki. He had him beat too. He had him beat, and he would have walked into the end zone. I believe. I don't think Justin Fields has thrown a better ball in his career than that. Yeah, it, it, it's tough for Justin Fields. I mean, I won't put all the blame on him. Some on that play calling because. I believe late in the third, maybe early in the fourth, they started doing some design runs against the Browns, and they finally got a little momentum moving the sticks, and they got away from it. And I really thought that Justin Fields' design run was going to be, you know, what closed out the Cleveland Browns, and they went away from it. Luckily for the Browns, able to, you know, scrape out a win, but against the Cardinals, they're at this point just out there playing games to get the season over with, I believe. Same with the Bears. But the Chicago fan base won't let it die. So give me the Bears at home, tough environment, somehow playing a a 4 o'clock game on the East Coast, Central Coast, Central Time. Regardless, give me the Bears. America's game of the week, apparently, according to Fox. (laughs) Dallas Cowboys travel to Miami, play the Dolphins. Who you got in this one? Uh, This should definitely be a good game. I'm going to take Miami at home for multiple reasons. One, just because, you know, as an Eagles fan, any hope of them winning division still, you know, Cowboys dropping games doesn't hurt at all. So I like that. And then the Cowboys have just been a different team on the road this year. When they're at home, when they're in Jerry World, in that big dome, 
They're putting up like 40 points a game on opponents. On the road, it's like half that. They're only scoring about 20 points per game. And then you saw this past week how this Cowboys team was just able to get dominated. James Cook running all over them. Well, going into Miami, weather won't be much of a factor, but in terms of running the ball and, you know, game planning and scheming, Raheem Mostert, he's been looking like one of the most productive backs in the league. You touched on him. You know, he's up there with McCaffrey in terms of total touchdowns. Him and A-Chain, if they're able, you know, that O-line is still blocking well, they're able to, you know, hit a couple gaps. It could get ugly for this Dallas defense who, you know, has been one of the worst teams against the run throughout this season. A lot of their defensive plays, their big plays has come, you know, with turnovers through the air, you know, big sacks and scoring on defense. But in terms of stopping the run, they haven't been the best. So the Dolphins, who have been one of the better teams in terms of running the ball, you know, McDaniels, the offensive mind, he's always finding ways to scheme guys open. And I think, you know, Tyreek Hill not playing last week might have been, you know, a look-ahead move. You know, you want Tyreek, you know, you want Tyreek Hill on the field, but did you really need him to beat the Jets? Clearly not. You're probably going to need him in this Cowboys game, a much tougher, a much better opponent. So, you know, if they're able to get that run game going, able to, you know, pull up those safeties and linebackers, you know, maybe you get hit Tyreek Hill over the top. Jalen Waddle also had a nice deep ball as well, still showing that he has that speed and is an elite deep threat. So, Tua, still upright, still healthy. That defense also stepped up. Bradley Chubb made a nice play. Had a couple of nice plays. And then, you know, Jalen Ramsey, he's still on the outside. So I, I like this Dolphins team. They're playing a lot better football, but this is a big test for him. Like, for this team at this point, for both of these teams, really, this is like the battle of the bullies, you know. Two teams that always seem to beat up on the worst opponents. But, you know, when, they, when it comes to those teams with winning records and, the, you know, the big meaningful games, both teams always seem to fall short. So... Whoever comes out on top of this game, I, I think it's going to be, you know, a, a real momentum setter, a real tone setter for this team going into the playoffs, whereas the other team, you know, might have to answer some questions. But at home, Dolphins are going to be in South Florida. Should be, you know, a, another great weather game, perfect football weather. So I'm going to pick Miami, and I think they should, if they're able to, you know, replicate anything that the Bills did, play physical up front, run the ball, it, it could be a lot of points scored in this game. Yeah, I mean, you said it about the two teams that beat up on bad teams. That's what they've been saying all year long. And finally, you know, they kind of match up for the bad team beating bowl. And for the Dolphins, uh, injuries right now is what I'm worried about for the Dolphins, uh, especially when it comes to right tackle. Uh, Austin Jackson at this point, you know, you got Micah Parsons. To his blind side, the right side, and not exactly the game you want to be missing. You know, your right tackle that's turned into a star in this league, and they might be without him. So we'll see. Uh, Javon Holland, he's might be coming back. Uh, we'll see with that. Tyreek, obviously, the injury, but should be good to go considering he was out there, you know, trying to warm up and see if Game was, time decision, yeah. Yeah, so he should be good for this week. Um, I mean, there's injuries across the board. I could go on and on. But Austin Jackson, a big one for sure. Dolphins, I was finally happy. You know, I said I want to see them do it without Tyreek. I want to see, you know, Jalen Waddle when Tyreek comes back, for him not to kind of go non-existent. I mean, I know he's a number two compared to Tyreek, but we've seen him be a number one in Miami, true number one that could go out and ball out. Saw it last week against the Jets after I think Quentin Williams sacked Tua, hit the little Waddle. 
And, you know, <laughs> Waddle strikes for a touchdown and Waddle's on them. So, like what I saw from that, most impressed with the defense. I mean, this is the same defense that let Will Levis march down the field two times, score two t- touchdowns and a two-point conversion on you. So, that defense, I know that offense three and out gave the ball right back. But this is supposed to be a star-studded defense. Vic Fangio, you got Jalen, you got X. You got the guys up front, Bradley Chubb, you know, supposed to be a franchise cornerstone at one point in his career back in Denver. They kind of drafted him to be that franchise pass rusher, take over Von Miller. He stepped up in a big way last week. The Cowboys, you touched on them. I'm not even hating at this point, but they are the most inconsistent team next to the Dolphins, especially when it comes to playing on the world outside of Jerry's world. Uh, if Dak's not hitting, they got that garbage time tutty to CD. I mean, give me the Dolphins, Mostert, A-Chain, like the way they're playing. Um, we got a little 305 Finch shirt, man. Uh, give me the Dolphins. I want to see that defense, you know, find a way to win this game. Obviously, I love this offense, but I want to see the defense step up late in the season, you know, come playoff time. Can this defense pick the offense up and get you a win? So they snapped last week, but that was against the Jets. Let's see if they could do it against, you know, a way better opponent in the Dallas Cowboys. It's going to lead us to our next game, man. New England Patriots on the road, mile high to play the Denver Broncos. Who you got here? Yeah, another another game where, you know, two teams approaching that Chargers territory once again. Uh, give me the Broncos at home. Patriots uh, at this point are just tanking, you know, rumors about Belichick. He's not going to be the coach. How long does he have left in New England? This point, it, it, who knows, really. But, yeah, Bailey Zappi, Mac Jones, it doesn't really matter at this point. Give me the Broncos at home. I wouldn't say the Broncos are Chargers territory or, you know, creep at 7-7. Seven and seven. So the Patriots. Well, Patriots, really, yeah. Broncos, I think they yeah, are. In- sorry, Broncos. I think the Patriots are Cal or Chargers territory. Like they are the epitome of Chargers territory at this point in the season. Yeah. Not much to say about them. Give me the Broncos. Broncos country, let's ride, I guess. Uh AFC West matchup. Vegas Raiders. They play the Chiefs at Arrowhead. Who you got here? Give me Kansas City at home. The Chiefs always seem to beat up on the Raiders. Uh Mahomes always has his biggest games against this team. Uh, outside of, you know, Max Crosby, not really much else on that defense. Jack Jones. <laughs> yeah, picking off a Easton stick screen, not really moving me. Uh, regardless, it was nice to see um, Aiden O'Connell get that offense moving for the Raiders. Now, it was against the Chargers led by Brandon Staley, but still, you know, it's a, a big confidence booster seeing all those guys get involved. So I, I think the Raiders, have, you know, they have something to build with. Maybe they go grab a quarterback or whatever. They, they got some nice pieces on that offensive side of the ball. Regardless, I think right now these two teams are in, you know, two totally different points of the season. Chiefs, you know, trying to get a little momentum, trying to build some some confidence for those pass catches, like we mentioned, for Mahomes going into the postseason, trying to make that push. Still, you know, in the mix for that one seed, not looking as likely, but, you know, they still have a shot, especially in the AFC. Anything could really happen on a game-to-game basis. So Chiefs still super, super competitive. They still got Patrick Mahomes. That defense is still playing pretty good. So I think the Chiefs get it done at home here. 
It's going to lead us to our, or excuse me. I mean, I got the Chiefs too. <laughs> yeah, I, I, to I mean, you might as well. I was kind of skipping over it. I, you, you touched on the Raiders, man. Yeah. Is You know, at this point, Aiden O'Connell, shout out to him. He's doing, you know, a good job for what he's been thrown into this season. He went out, showed out last week on prime time, put on a show for everybody, beat up on the Chargers, embarrassed them. Always a good feeling. The Chiefs, on the other hand, they're trying to – they won last week, but, like, come on, you were playing the Patriots. <laughs> maybe maybe this is the week Kadarius Tony gets a little confidence back in him, you know, and be that Kadarius Tony that helped defeat, you know, the Eagles last year's – in the last year's Super Bowl. Who knows? I mean, you yeah, know. Yeah, where was that, Cantoni? Like, bro, yeah. like, come on, bro. Why couldn't he be like this in that Super Bowl, man? Like, I mean, man, that was bro. just like a little end around and like Tom, a little three-yard pass. Well, we know what happened in the Super Bowl, and we'll get to it this next game. We'll talk about it, so. I guess. No, I give me the Chiefs at home. Next game up, man. I, I did see, before we move on, I did see some NFC East is back being the worst division of football. <laughs> they, they, all four teams have lost this week, but. I don't think they're worse than the NFC South at this point, but I like the joke. Uh, Giants, they're on the road in Philly against your Eagles. Who you got? Uh, I'm, I feel like a, a broken record every week, these past couple weeks, talking about the Eagles, man. Uh, I'm gonna let you can go. I'm gonna pick the Eagles, but I'll let you go first and say what you got to say before I, you know, break down whatever. I mean, the Eagles, man. I got, I got the Eagles as well. Tommy DeVito had his nice little run, his little agent on the sideline. Fun little stint, you know, um, Gabagool or whatever. Shout out my Italian people. Hey, listen, I I mean, can you really buy into the Giants? They're, they're the Giants, and they're starting Tommy DeVito over the guy they paid $40 million to for a reason. So. Th- didn't, he, didn't Daniel Jones, like, tear his ACL or something? No, he did get hurt, but. I thought I it was, think- like, serious. Well, regardless, no, I, I think he, I think he could come back, like if he wanted to. Who knows? I mean, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, it really doesn't. They're, they're honestly the same quarterback. So, <laughs> um, on the Eagles, I mean, I could go on, but the one thing I'm gonna go on about is, you got your 200 million dollar franchise quarterback doing pee wee football drills, trying to practice to hold on to a football going to the ground. <laughs> I, I just, I don't think it's a good look. I just think. You know, as a quarterback, confidence is such a big thing. Not even at quarterback. You can even say receiver. Uh, any any position on the field in any sport, confidence is key. You know, when your coach and your guys rally behind you and they believe in you, it, it feels good. And when you make that one big play, then you're right back to your old self. And when, when you're out there practicing falling to the ground at, in, in December, you know, in the NFL – uh, this is not a good look. Eagles, others, other than Reed Blankenship, the the DBs are cooked. Uh, I'm over Reed too at this point, but you're, you're <laughs> regardless, you know I'm gonna shout him out, bro. He's we'll get into the Richard Mendenhall comments. He's our only <laughs> DB we could throw on my, uh, you know, on the white team. But yeah, uh, I mean it's just you know maybe if it's not. You know, Kelsey getting that that false start, moving the ball up. There's so many little things you could go into that Eagles game. But, I mean, they were playing the Seahawks, Drew Locke. That, I know it's on the road, 12th man, tough environment. You got the ball the last drive of the game. 
you want to prove to be a top five quarterback. You pull up in a little MJ fit trying to act like you're having a flu game. Ah, no one's ever having a flu game. Everyone thinks they're going to have a flu game. MJ's literally the only person to ever have a flu game because everyone else that talks about it, they have a bad game. So if you got a little cold, man, you might as well just sit out a game. But I know you, you're you going to dive into the Eagles, but that that's all my comment. I got the Eagles being the Giants. Should be an easy win. Yeah, I'm going to pick the Eagles here as well. But, I mean, it's really not much to say because, like, it's like the same things I've been saying all season, like, are finally coming to fruition. I've said, you know, since the beginning of the season, this secondary was very, very porous. Like, if, you're, if there's ever a time or a way to beat the Eagles, like, just throw the ball. Now, the Seahawks were having success running the ball last night, and that's good and all. Like, that's a cool offensive scheme, but, like, you saw on that last drive, Drew Locke just goes down, completing pretty much anything he wanted to. They could have probably been doing that literally all game. But, you know, <laughs> they just were able to run the ball, so they kind of didn't want to do that. But regardless, I think last week I said, you know, when the, the way the Eagles have been winning games was, you know, with talent overcoming, you know, play calling, coaching decisions and stuff. And Last night, you just saw offensively that talent wasn't really able to overcome. Jalen Hurts, I believe, had like some kind of – I think it was a stomach bug or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not 100%, but regardless, I thought he played a pretty solid game up until he threw that first interception down the field. He made a couple nice throws on third down. You know, a couple, you know, very accurate throwing with anticipation, throwing guys open, hitting, you know, A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard over the middle. He had a nice throw to A.J. also on the outside for a first down. So it's not like, you know, Jalen Hurts was just like not himself at all. He was still playing solid football. I think I just think it came to, you know, down the stretch, just bad decision-making, you know, going for home run balls. And listen, I know I was, you know, a Quez Watkins fan, but it's time to get a new wide receiver three. <laughs> uh, you know, that, that joke's been going on long enough. Quez. Um, yeah, I mean, that – that ball was a little underthrown by Jalen, but you would still like to see a receiver, you know, make some sort of effort to, you know, go back and fight for the ball. Like, as a receiver, like, I'm thinking, like, I'd rather the quarterback, you know, slightly underthrow it so I can go back and make a play than, you know, just completely overthrow it and miss me. Whereas that's kind of how Quez Watkins looked like he was running because, you know, the DB was jumping up in the air making a play and Quez just kept running, like, in the end zone. Like, I... Not sure why he didn't turn around and make a play on the ball, but I know he's been banged up. But regardless, I, I think, you know, the Quez walking experiment has ran his course in Philly. And then, you know, that the last interception, him just kind of playing hero ball, locking on to A.J. Brown and just pretty much just saying fuck it and throwing it up where he didn't really have to in that situation. But that's like I'm saying, regardless, like, you know, that's when coaching is supposed to step in and play calling when, you know, your best players aren't at 100 percent or at or not playing at their best. That's when you want to see, you know, the coaching, the scheme, the play calling, you know, elevate the players. So I, I think it's a mix between a lot of stuff, you know, a lot of hype going into this game. Matt Patricia is the new D.C., you know, Sean Desai giving up play calling. Like, I'm, I've been saying all year that, I, like, I've been on this podcast. Like, I've been talking, like, it's never been, like, play calling, yeah, that stuff. But at, it's a personal thing at this point. Like, I've been saying, James Bradbury. Like, literally every single pass on that last drive was completed on James Bradbury. Sidney Brown, rookie safety. I mean, he just plays really fast. That's about the only good thing I can say about him. Like, when he makes a good play, it looks good because he's going super fast. But, I mean, 
Kenneth Walker was killing him in the open field, just not being able to wrap up and stuff. And Reed Blankenship, as much as I don't think he can cover, he's definitely like our best tackler at this point. <laughs> like, you know, classic ankle bite is getting guys down every time. So, I mean, uh, shout out to Reed, I guess. You know, at this point, he's the only guy, you know. You could trust. That seems to be able to make a tackle. So, yeah, defensive line, I think they're fine. It's just that teams don't can neutralize the pass rush. Like, just get the ball out of your hands quick. DBs aren't really going to cover anything. Like, you got young guys out there, Eli Riggs, UDFA rookie playing on the outside. And then fourth, I think fourth, fifth round, Keely Ringo, another rookie. These guys are super young. I mean, I'm not expecting much from them at this point in their career. So, yeah, tough times right now for the Philadelphia. You know, a lot of people calling for Brian Johnson, want that play calling to kind of, you know, switch up. And I think it does need some changes because I don't know how many times you can call wide receiver screens and RPOs and stuff like that. Like when the Eagles were having success throwing the ball down the field, when it was third and seven and you can't throw RPO, Jalen Hurts was completing, you know, passes down the field, finding, you know, those open spots in the zone. So I think the Eagles still are a good team, but they got a lot to work on. Kind of want to, you know, get these things figured out these last three weeks where they have three very beatable opponents. They should be able to figure stuff out going into the playoffs. So hopefully they're able to win the division. I believe if the Eagles beat the Giants twice, then they clinch the, the division, I believe, because they'd have the same record as the Cowboys, but only one divisional lost. So... I'm going to pick the Eagles here. Eagles should win out, hopefully, you know, clinch that division. But, yeah, it is going to be tough. I'm not expecting much from this team, especially in terms of, you know, playoffs going on a run. I mean, unless, you know, James Bradbury can turn the clock back to when he was in Carolina and, you know, Darius Slay, he comes back fully healthy. He's looking like Detroit Darius Slay and those guys, you know, make some magic happen. And Matt Patricia is out there looking like he's, you know, Coaching the Patriots, not when they played the Eagles in the Super Bowl because that didn't go well. But <laughs> regardless, I think this Eagles team will be all right. I don't think we're going to win the Super Bowl or anything, but I think they'll be okay. Play calling stuff has to change, but they should definitely, you know, find a way, get right, find themselves against this Giants team. If they lose to the Giants, then I'm not even ready to talk about that yet. We'll get we'll talk about that if it comes, but I don't think it'll happen. They should be the Giants at home. I'm going to pick the Eagles. I do have three things to say. Two of them about the Eagles. One of them about the Dolphins real quick. Because you mentioned play calling. Mike McDaniel got to stop throwing these these goal line fades to... Uh, last week it was Jeff... This week it was Jeff Wilson Jr. is getting a fade at the goal line. A fourth string running back. Not even the best pass Cedric catching Wilson. running back. Uh, that's ridiculous. And I think the other week it was like Cedric Wilson or something. Yeah. Even Tyree Kill began fades. and Obviously not fade receiver. But I will say, man, you were offseason. James Bradbury was a free agent, man. He said we need to bring Bradbury back. This and it hasn't worked out, man. It's been it's been bad for the Eagles. I will say that. The next thing is this girl at my job, bro. She she's an Eagles fan. She knows nothing about football. She's like, I heard we need to fire our offensive coordinator. I'm like, how do you even know that? <laughs> Said the name and everything. I said, I don't even know who it is. But, yeah, I heard he needs to get gone, too. So, if that's happening for Philly fans, give up play calling. Because I did see Patricia taking over defensive play calling. And I was like, yeah, 
what are you going to switch cover three to cover two for a play? Like, yeah. Now, I mean, during the offseason, yeah, obviously I was saying, you know, bring back James Bradbury. You know, I had an all-pro <laughs> season last year. But, you know, as soon as you fell off and it wasn't looking good, it was early. I think, I think was it the Rams game? That was like week four or five or something like that. I was like, yeah, like Puka Nakua was killing him. Like, after that, I was over it. Like, I mean, I'm not sitting here, you know, defending them. And I've been saying this oh, whole no, season. Oh, no, I'm not. Like, I'm yeah. Just, yeah, I mean... <laughs> After yeah, now if I remember it, him being a focal point in the offseason. Like now, it, we it need sucks those two lockdown corners. We definitely should have. This is what no, happens. Hindsight is twenty twenty, but aging corner. Yeah, he should have brought back you know Chauncey Gardner over James Bradbury. Now oh, he, he, Chauncey Gardner is not even playing football. Well, yeah, now he's you know out for the season, but you know who knows what? That's just you know hold on. That's a thug. Yeah. Um, what ifs? <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Chauncey yeah, We could Gardner, use man. a little thug on our team right now, bro. I mean, <laughs> a little Gator legend, man. Y'all you know, need a little chippiness, bro. Jalen Carter, who, you know, he bought out last night. Fan, he fit right in SEC football right there. Um, the last game of the week, man. Believe this is the Christmas night, Monday night game. Probably either the best game or second best game of the week. I mean, Ravens, Niners on paper. This is a matchup. What's uh, the other best game? Cowboys, Dolphins. Nah. Uh, <laughs> I'm only saying that because I don't have more enjoyment watching it. But this is, you know, could possibly be, you know, everyone's Super Bowl matchup currently the season ended. Both one seeds. Yeah, both one seeds right now. So you got the nine Ravens traveling to San Fran. Um, as we always say, Candlestick Stadium, <laughs> Levi. But uh, classic Niners, Tony Montana. But, you know, we talked – you asked me about LJ earlier. He's playing some of the best quarterback he's played in his career. Uh, the Ravens right now haven't stopped for anybody. I think their last loss, I mean, it might have been against the Browns and Deshaun Watson. Um, not really sure. I think so. And it felt like Deshaun Watson's been out forever at this point. So, I, I mean, this is a tough one, coin toss. I did see a stat. The Ravens are underdogs in – the last seven Monday night matchups, every underdog has won outright. So it, it could be on pace, but I'm saying the streak ends here. Um, not only personal bias, but I also do think the 49ers talked about CMC. Brock Purdy's got his game going. The receiver's on the outside. Which receiver is going to have a big day? You don't know which one. You can't lock them all up. Defense, you know been shaky at times throughout the season. They've been playing a lot better football of late. But when you're scoring points like they do over there in San Fran, it's kind of hard to stop. And, I mean, I really think it's going to be, you know, come down to the wire type game. I don't know if it's going to be high scoring Monday night. Maybe bet the under. But the way it's looking right now, the over might hit with these two teams. So just give me the, the Niners at home. Either way it goes, I mean, two really good football teams. Yeah, I'm going to pick the Niners here as well, although I, I don't think it'll be as close as you think. I think the Niners get a, a pretty solid Ravens win problems. here on the road. I don't think it's Ravens' problems. I just think it, it just shows how, in terms of how good the 49ers are right now. Like you mentioned, I mean, Brock Purdy leading like in MVP votes, and then he's not even the best player on his offense. Like you got Christian McCaffrey. You got, you know, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle. That O line has been playing pretty solid. Like, it, this is just like what, like, they're clear and far to me the best team right now. But 
you know, the way the 49ers are playing right now, like, this is what, you know, a team locked in, everyone playing their best football, everyone hitting on all cylinders, play calling, scheming, everything. Like, these guys are getting popped wide open. Christian McCaffrey scoring touchdowns where he can, like, backpedal, fall down, and get up and still have no one within five yards of him while scoring, like, which is insane. So, everything is literally going right now, right now for the 49ers. Brock Purdy playing some elite football, doing what he has to do, distributing the ball, getting the ball to the playmakers, and then those guys are making plays as well. And then defensively, you know, Nick Bosa, all the you know the jokes, everything surrounding him. <laughs> he is playing against, you know, the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, so I'll leave it at that. Chase Young, he's come over, been a really big part. That secondary stepped up a little bit, wore it with a pick six last week, so... I mean, the 49ers are just the most complete team. They're the best team in football right now. And, I mean, the Ravens, maybe they're number two if you want to say that. But regardless, I think the Niners are a step above everyone at this point. So, yeah, it'd be cool for the Ravens to get an upset. Definitely help in terms of, you know, AFC one seed race. But as long as everyone's healthy and everything's, you know, going as it is, the Niners, I just don't see them losing. So, I'm going to pick San Fran. Well, I mean, I really wasn't going – bring it up but come december i think you know end of the year maybe athletes need to turn their phones off former athletes current athletes including uh richard mendenhall who with obviously with the nick bosa stuff that's where all the memes are stemming from right now well those nick bosa's the memes have been there way before oh they have i mean this is just put it on another level man i've been crying at it i think tj watt he just come out and said something like he was having fun with it too, and which I mean I think most yeah, of he, us. Yeah, he just said like, oh, like at court, like who are we gonna have? Yeah, at who are we gonna cook? Yeah. No, I was talking about it today with my, you know, coworkers, and I was just like, bro, you know, I saw a little meme. It was like, oh, when uh, the team comes out with the all octo tight end, it was like Kelsey Andrews Kittle, like the octo tight ends. <laughs> and it was like, who guarding Tyree Kill? And I was like, we might throw a wreath blanket ship out there, like. Yeah. In terms Harrison of covering, Smith, yeah, yeah, you're 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 cooked. Now maybe he can ankle bite him and tackle him. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you're just running cover four all game. But that's Tyree Kill, Jamar Chase, Jay Jets receiving core. They got that. But the CMC Cooper Cup debate. I mean, dude, it, I think it would be entertaining, I saw, bro. I, I would who, love to see that. Who was it? It was um, what's his name from uh, that Titans linebacker from Busting with the Boys. Uh, Will, Will Compton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, him and Delaney Walker. Yeah, they broke it down. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he was like, he was like, if you give the you know a white team two weeks to prepare, he's like, I like us. But, <laughs> I mean, uh, like if we just run like run through it, uh, nah, black team definitely winning that. Well, fight. it depends, bro. Like we going like mix, like they automatically go to the black team because I did see they were like, what if we do. For the mixed players, like a draft, like nah, they they gotta go to the black team. You seen the Dr. Umar clip, man? Boy. The, the most dominating G- DNA, the black DNA, African <laughs> DNA. So you feel me? All right, what about Puka Nakua? Like, what about like Tua? He's like, a question mark. Yeah, Tua, come on, he be rocking a do rag and braids. All he's right, not, bro, come on, like he's he's Samoan. He's yeah, not, he's just not in it. Hawaiian, like he's not in it. Okay, I'm just saying, like. Puka, we'll give him to the white boys. He like, you know. I mean, we don't need another. We need like a, 
A Y'all light, do need another need a, receiver. We need, a, we need a light skin corner or something. I need bro. another receiver. Who you, you got, got outside of Cub? Puka. <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> give me Adam Thielen. Uh, oh yeah, Adam Thielen. Braxton Berrios. <laughs> I don't yeah. even know, bro. Like, probably none. But That's tough. Brian Hartline, get him out of retirement. <laughs> yeah, call him from Ohio State. <laughs> running back. Y'all got the best running back, but no depth. Running back, yeah, I don't know who else. White running yeah, I got backs. All the tight ends. All the t- the octo tight end set, bro. Like who you you putting corners on the tight ends? Like you gonna have to run like Fred Warner and Drake Greenlaw. Like yeah. I, I don't know. I think it'd be really funny just to watch, bro. Uh, we got a couple linebackers that could run with him though. Patrick Queen. Yeah, I'm saying you got line like we get Kyle Hamilton too. He been snapping for the Ravens. Give me Leighton Vanderesh. He retired already. <laughs> Didn't he? Yeah, like maybe uh, I don't know. Are there any good white linebackers right now? Uh, Brian Urlacher. <laughs> He'd love to play in that game. I know that. Oh, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Dude, uh, I did see something. They're like. They have a good line and quarterback. Uh, yeah, but I feel like you'd still Who have a good line. Who would be on QB right now? I mean, like, you can't. You got to go Mahomes, right? No, no, from For the white team. Oh, uh, I, 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 that's what I was. They were like Josh Allen. I was like, I don't even know if I want Josh. At Allen. this point, yeah. I mean, if it's right now, yeah. But Burrow not healthy. I mean, Burrow, I would say Burrow. I, I'd say Burrow. Healthy. Um, you get Josh Allen little hybrid packages. Herbert put him in that team. You know, with actual weapons around him. Well, I don't know. I mean, that's not even weapons. It's it like just like tight ends in Cooper Cup. Well, it's better than what he has right now. So yeah, yeah definitely better. Good old line. The D line snapping for us though. That's where y'all just got edge rushers, no yeah. interior. Yeah, I don't know if there's any D tackles. I mean, y'all got T.J. Watt and Nick Bosa. Who else? Max Crosby, Joey Bosa, Max Crosby. Joey Bosa is injured. If it's right now. Oh yeah. Well, I'm just Max Crosby. Yeah, they saying Max, Max Crosby lining up scene, against yeah. Lane Johnson. <laughs> Yeah. Hey man, he told y'all to pull up, bro. I mean, definitely. That's what I. That's the one that killed me. And then there was like Richie Incognito <laughs> and Riley Cooper coming back from the. I didn't write the memes, bro. Don't don't. No, the one that killed me was on Young Way Koo saying <laughs> him applying to be the kicker for the black team. Well, dude, they gotta let him in. Who else? Jack, gonna... Little Jackie Chan meme from Rush Hour. <laughs> He's like, "What's up, my nigga." <laughs> Uh, it was like the honorary kicker. Because <laughs> what are they gonna do, bro? Yeah. Call destroying from YouTube, like hey, come well. kick for us. Or, like, um, what's his name? Marquette King, the Marquette punter. King, yeah. And he got like blackballed <laughs> from the league. Like, I mean, come on, definitely bro. Marquette King. He had destroying, come kick field goals. Facts. Nah, it, I think that would be the most entertaining thing ever. Just to watch. Yeah, instead of the Pro Bowl, just had an all black versus all white team. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be pretty fun, <laughs> dude. I would. Um, I'm throwing a lot of money, probably on oh, not on my team. Oh, man, I'm, I'm betting. <laughs> they were like the line opened up at minus twenty seven, and it was like, wait, they got CMC. They're like, all right, we're dropping to minus thirteen. Fuck that! Just put any time touchdown McCaffrey, you're good. Oh, uh, dude, yeah, that's <laughs> a lot. <laughs> that's that's like minus three hundred odds, right? Bro, there, you know bro. they're definitely just gonna be running the shit out of the ball. Yeah, bro. it's like McCaffrey after he's got four touchdowns <laughs> in the first quarter. A little, a little stone cold meme. That's how a white man runs the football. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, yeah, Aunt Edwards, man, the other athlete. Well, before, Richard Mendenhall, he's always been on Twitter. He needs to delete his Twitter because <laughs> in 2013, he lost all his endorsements after his tweet in 2013. I'm not even going to say. 
Um, but yeah, and then Aunt Edwards, man, comedy as well. He put on a little. Joe, he always has something going on. That's, that's what happens when you get in the video. Yes. <laughs> hey, man, I'm not gonna comment on that situation, but the way. Um, he responded to the messages was funny. I will say that. But he uh, is hooping though. Shout out Yank. He got a, yeah, he yeah. just cooked the thirty five night. <laughs> last night. <yeah. laughs> that was that was the post uh, IG uh, story. Yeah, you know, a little motivation for him. Yeah, man. I mean, he's paying. He's playing with a hundred k lighter in his pocket. I mean, <laughs> trying to get that money back somehow, right? Regardless, man, it's all jokes over here, man. Nothing serious. Uh. Goal to go, pod. It's gonna wrap up episode seventy. Any last comments, takes, nah, anything like much, that? Pretty much it, man. Covered it. Week sixteen of the NFL season uh, should be, you know, brewing to be a good end of the season. Fingers crossed, man. Good luck for both our teams. Uh, nonetheless, goal to go pod on TikTok. Like, comment, share. Goal to go. YouTube, Apple, Spotify. All that, like, comment, sub, share. And then until next week, man, appreciate everybody tuning in. Peace.